How's it, everybody? We are the Joystick Show. Just so you know, we're back. Your three favorite friends from Hawaii are coming together, like the ohana we are, to talk about some things we've watched, read, or played. And we're going to stick it to you so hard, so mahalo for sticking with us. Remember, please like, subscribe, and share the big LSS. And if you fancy what you hear, then um, do the thing we just talked about, because, uh, duh. I'm your co-host, Drake. That's a Thomas. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> and that's a Scott. How's it? And today is episode 118, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sick. Nice. Um, so we are doing pretty well. We've already got a hundo down. We're about to hit a 2-0 uh, pretty soon. And our topics that we're going to cover today, uh, a lot of trailers. Some cool stuff came out uh, over the course of the days that we weren't here. <laughs> Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Godzilla, minus one or negative one or dash one, however you like to say that. <laughs> Echo, the uh, Marvel series coming out pretty soon. Mm. And a Shogun on uh, Netflix. Sichimabad that's going to be coming in in 2024. Um, we'll also be reviewing some awesome things uh, that we've been reviewing, obviously Gen V and Aloki. Uh, and a little bit of Quiz Lady and a Haunting in Venice. Uh, and in, just to... and Invincible Season 2 premiere. Just oh yeah, and then sprinkle that in. Yeah, just a dash. Just a dash, or a minus, things. or a negative, depending on how you say it. Yeah, <laughs> depending on how you want to go, you know, up to you. But why don't we uh, kick it off with the uh, trailers, just because they're short and sweet, um, and we can ram it in yeah. our viewers or listeners' ear holes. Um, yeah, real, real quick. Um, got to go to BlizzCon. I thought that was cool. Oh yeah. Um, so Sick. yeah, um, you guys, what's what's your familiarity with Blizzard games? Starcraft. Okay. Yep. That's Starcraft. It. Um, Diablo. Diablo. Uh, no, yep. Foul. What's that first person shooter? Super not familiar. Really, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you don't know any of them. Uh, no. Uh, Overwatch. Valorant. Oh uh, yeah. Valorant Overwatch. is like I guess the competitor to that. But yeah, Overwatch was there. Blizzard is okay. But uh, okay. so man, it was yeah. it was cool. Like if you are interested in any of those games, you definitely should go to that event. It is pretty badass. They go so big. So they had a full like it was the Anaheim Convention Center, and then in every major mm -hmm. uh, room there was a, a different game. So like in one room, it was Diablo 4. In another room, in actually two rooms, it was Overwatch. And then in, in the last room was all like Warcraft stuff. So it was like World of Warcraft things. Um, there was like Hearthstone or Hearthstone, which is their mobile card game. And then they have uh, Warcraft Rumble. I don't really know what that is, but it was cool. So each, each big, gigantic conference room-esque place was like devoted to one game. So all that was really cool. Oh, Met a lot of fun people. Got to hang out with Frank and the rest of the Geek Freaks guys, which was super cool. Nice. Yeah, everybody was like so stoked. And they were kind of filling me in, like not knowing anything about any of the Blizzard games except for Diablo, which this made me want to go home and play Diablo right away with all the stuff they're launching for 2024. But people who've been playing World of Warcraft, and I think Frank said he's been playing it for about 15 years, uh wow. he they were fired up they were like this is some amazing stuff so if you like any of those games 
definitely go check it out. Um, it's really cool. You can check it out on our social media, uh, The Joystick Show, anywhere on like TikTok <laughs> or Instagram or Threads or any of that kind of stuff. Nice. How's the esports? Dude, the esports. Okay, so I didn't even know what Overwatch was going into this weekend. I mean, I knew it was a, mm-hmm. like a shooter, but I didn't know a lot about it. The competition was fucking incredible. It really was like one of the coolest things. Like even counting in some Super Bowls, um, you know, World Series, NBA Finals, like the final for this competition was one of the most exciting finals I think I've seen in like all of sports. Because an underdog got in, which was like Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. They were not projected to be anywhere near the top. China was like the dominant. Mm -hmm. South Korea was dominant. South Korea got taken out, but China made it through. So it was like literally uh, David versus Goliath. And in the beginning of the match, so it's like five different games, China just wiped the floor with Saudi Arabia. And people were like, yep, that's how I thought it was going to go. And then every round, it started to shift. So the next round, like China barely won. Then then the round after that, like Saudi Arabia barely, barely beat China. Then they started to look even yeah. better. Then the end, it, like to put it in, in uh, sports terms, it was like if the last game of the finals went out in shootouts and then the last kick of the shootouts, the team needed to score to win. That's how they much pretty much won for the 500,000 people were like clapping cheering the whole stadium was (laughs) chanting um cheering for china like there was a bunch of people who were probably from china there to support this team and Mm -hmm. it like went dead silent and then all these people who were i was just kind of rooting for the underdog after a while because these kids seemed like they didn't even expect to be in the finals and then they won and it was exciting man so if you've ever man if you can familiarize yourself with the it's game probably on youtube yeah so it was it was streaming straight to twitch so you could watch it in twitch oh, as it was happening okay, okay. but um <clears throat> yeah dude it was super exciting and i learned a shit ton about the game by sitting next to frank and squeaks and all the rest of the guys and they're like okay this is what happened or this is what this and since i didn't know if something happened that they didn't know about i would just ask people i'm like wait why is everybody cheering and then some guy would explain it to me he was like oh this is like them just putting down their controller and walking away because they already knew they won the round i'm like oh okay so it it was it was exciting yeah the cool. uh, massive trophy you know people watching from all around the world it was uh and then this like k-pop band um la sira femme i guess sure. mm-hmm. yeah they performed they do a song on overwatch 2 you can get their exclusive skins in the game and everything so it was like this cool kind of it like it, just every part of the world was like perfectly aligning with this game and everything and i i went home i downloaded it i played all last night i'm not gonna even lie it's sick <laughs> nice. it just reminds me of like the times when i loved halo except for each character has their own gun ability the buttons are different like that mobile suit gundam game we were playing you know all the buttons were different uh-huh. and each character did different things but like that but a yeah. shooter and then like there's oh, wow. there's oh, three okay. categories. There's like a tank, um, an offensive person, and a support character. And so like you need to make the best team, like you need like a little bit of each kind of. And uh yeah, it's fun, man. So that's that's a game I think we should play in the future for sure. 
Sick. Hell yeah. Was the uh, stadium environment like any sort of other stadium environment where it comes to sports where there's like snacks and swag and beverages and things of the things of the like? Oh yeah, definitely. There, there was no drinks, like there was no alcohol uh, inside the event, which was for me a pretty big letdown. But there was all this other stuff going on. So if you didn't want to watch some of the competitions or some of the teams play, like you had Diablo World to go explore or World of Warcraft sick. World, or you know, there's so like that That's was cool. the other side to it too is like you get this really badass esports competition but at the same time like if you're not into watching a certain team play you have all these other things you could do and then people were going ape shit over all the things you could buy and there was ex- exclusive stuff for each game and there was things you could win that were like posters or like downloadable content for games and stuff it was it was cool i was i, I was wondering if any other um you know video game company does something this big and and they said not really. I guess there's like one other company that does it, but I wasn't familiar with any of the games. But I will say this about the fans who are Blizzard fans. They are like the most diehard, dedicated super fans ever. Like more than it, more than some sports teams I know. It, it's just wild. You know, like people were wearing some of the cosplay, you know, and I was doing my thing, taking pictures. And I was like, hey, you know, do you have an Instagram so I could tag you all stuff or social media? They're like, no. That's fine. You don't have to. Like, they just literally wanted to dress up like the characters. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that side of it was really, really fun. And then hanging out with all those guys in person that I podcasted with for a bunch. You know, me and Frank have been doing Challenge Accepted for almost a year. And so just, like, hanging out with him in person and all that was really, really cool. So, yeah, I, I recommend it if you're into any of those game in those games. <clears throat> yes. Glamour. All right, let's get into trailers. So, okay. Shogun. What did we think about yep. Shogun? Uh, first things first, we're all Japanese here, so if, if uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have an erection uh, <laughs> watching it the whole time, just because, you know, obviously, the feudal era of Japan is kind of like the creme de la creme of what everybody thinks about, you know, the prime of Japan and its warriors and the, uh, the daimyo and uh, the samurai and the ninjas and all those other things, like everything that we've seen about Japan is kind of sur- surfaces from that era. And I think aside from um, The Last Samurai with uh, kind of similar characters, Hiroyuki Sonata's in that. Yeah. And um, that Tom Cruise plays the white guy. Yeah, it also looks like there's like a white guy prisoner yeah. person in it too. I mean, it's fine. I guess you got to have like some white dude in it to make it i don't know acceptable or something or maybe relatable to the middle of america i don't know but i was just like oh boy here we go again yeah <laughs> I, uh, pri- primarily the majority of the cast is japanese not necessarily asian casted i know a lot of times you know just because it's an asian movie they'll be like let's throw a korean or a chinese person in there just because they look japanese like this it's most yeah <laughs> they're like a K- k-pop band but like one girl spoke japanese one i think spoke chinese one was definitely korean and one had like better english than me so i was like what, what's going on here with this more like a-pop yeah they had a french ass name so i'm like what is going on i know yeah that's a little bit too much um it's going to be coming out in february 2024 and the the general like synopsis is that uh it's a collision of the two ambitious men from different worlds and a mysterious female samurai uh that kind of come together and he the 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 person from uh the english sailor jack or john blackthorne is you know seeing this world for the first time and 
uh, it's a clash of cultures, et cetera, et cetera. So it should be good in terms of a, it's a series. We know how we care about series on this show. No, you care about series. And, yeah. Duh. <laughs> and the production value is watch all of it. super high. So it does. I think it's a, it's a must watch. Do you both disagree or totally agree? I agree. Um, FX has been pumping out a lot of good shows. So I am super aboard. I saw the trailer. It looks awesome. Um, definitely gonna check it yeah, out. Yeah, hundred percent agree too. It looks incredible. Really shot, super nice. And I would even say, at this point in time, it might even be better shot than the Last Samurai. So I think it's, you know, I think mm-hmm. we're gonna get even more of a traditional take on Japanese culture around this time. Shot better probably, and probably with like a a better acted maybe or more of a mm. Japanese cast. I don't know if better acted is the right word, but you know, I I think it's just it looks incredible from what I'm. From what we see from Maybe the trailer. Yeah, man. Whew, yeah, good. All right. Moving on to the mm-hmm. next one. We had uh what is it? Planet of the Apes. Uh Kingdom Planet of the Planet of the, of the Apes. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. What'd you guys think about this one? Is that <clears throat> an extension? So there was a, a Planet of the Apes, and then were returned to the Planet of the Apes, and then there was another Planet of the Apes War, War of the Planet of the Apes. So this is like, those were the original three, right? So this is like a fourth one. This is an extension. This is the Star Wars episode one situation. Or, uh, well, I guess it's a it's a Probably just episode four. Sequel. Episode four, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's just continuing. Yeah, sure, the, why not? <laughs> like, let's and, just uh, count. The, the <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Smarter. I don't know how to count yeah. good, dude. What do you got? <laughs> After three, you jump to the back of the line, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, it, <laughs> I mean, so judging by how you're talking about like Last Samurai versus this show and like how it's shot better and everything, like I think it's the same thing. This fourth movie like looks crazy good based on CG and the way it's shot and like the amount of things we're able to do now with CG is crazy. crazy. Um, mm-hmm. On that alone, I checked the movie out. Like it looks really cool. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to remember if I saw the third film. Um, I don't remember if I did, but watching the trailer makes you want to go back and watch these movies because yeah. it kind of got me hyped for this. Yeah, movie. the the last yeah. one was good. It was super sad. <laughs> it's like one of those movies, you know, where people were like, "Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, so good." Would you rewatch it? Oh hell no! It's too sad. It's like it's yeah. kind of like that for me, where mm. it was so mm, good God. when I watched it, but I, I'm like, oh, it's kind of tough to watch at some parts because you feel so bad for some of the apes when they're captured and everything and what happens to yep. them. So. I don't know if it's like the thing I'll go back to, but this looks really damn good. I I've liked all of them. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think for the first couple movies, it was Andy Serkis who played Caesar. So man, if he's a part of this, I mean the best mocap actor of all time, uh, I'm on board with it, but it just looks incredible from what we see. I'm sure. I I think it's probably following his son, um, Caesar's son. I don't know. Caesar salad. Yes. Yeah. 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 The Caesar mini salad. Salad. Salad of the apes. <laughs> salad of the apes. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast is pretty, pretty decent as well. Who's in it? Um, Freya Allen is playing May. Uh, Kevin Durand is playing Proximus Caesar. Uh, yeah. Sick. 
uh, Shaquille O'Neal's in this? But uh, <laughs> that's uh, Peter yeah. McCall. William H Macy's in this, so Ooh. that's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Durand is uh, what? What was he on? He, he was on a lot of different movies. I don't know this <clears throat> the thing that you would have noticed him on the most. Um, Any titles stick out to you? Um, X Men Origins, Wolverine. Robin Hood, I am number four, and Wild Hogs are the top four on his IMDb's. So funny, like those are all popular titles. Like Kevin, and they all suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, they were all those are big names, and those movies are all brutal. terrible. I su- he was in um was he in Smoking Aces? Ooh, uh, Smoking Aces is a good one. I like that movie. A lot. Potentially, he was in Lock and he's Key. A, the, he's a super oh, Lock- giant. Buff dude. I don't know if he's yeah, he's in smoking aces. Okay, okay. He, okay, he used okay, to be okay. jacked. I don't know how jacked he's now, but he's like a tall jacked type of man. You'll uh, know. Um yeah. Uh, can you guys pull anything from the story from the trailer? Tall jacked man. Um that's a great question. I, I kind of saw more of the action. I think the last we saw uh Caesar uh, the the two factions kind of split themselves. Um and the Caesar kind of wanted the human being situation to kind of be separate separated necessarily um but this seems like it's way more in the in the future where it's primarily the apes have kind of taken over mostly a lot of the um background and uh environment is is uh uh, looks like a solar punk where everything's kind of been retaken by the uh mother nature so to answer your question, no, not really for me. <laughs> no, I you you broke it down better than I could. Uh, you know, it, it looks badass. That's all I could tell from it. The CGI looks great, and yeah. I know I watched the first three, so I'm definitely in for this one. I just don't know what the story is gonna be from what I saw. I just yeah, it looks good. Further apocalyptic ape takeover. Yeah, right. I assume that's funny. The next movie we're talking about also Godzilla minus one. It is kind of the same too i don't know what the story is but yeah at the same time it's just good godzilla destroying japan <laughs> yeah. and it seems like it's going back to its roots and i don't know if i need us more than a story or more of a story than that you know what i mean yeah, yeah he does it the best you just right? need godzilla and scared japanese people running away from him that's all you really need <laughs> well this has it in droves it looks like they got that all day so i'm really stoked about it uh i i think it comes out this december 1st it's not an american movie so people are going to be able to talk about it and review it as it comes out so i think that side of it is exciting nice. as well um and the special effects look pretty damn good like it yeah you know it, it doesn't look like a hollywood movie and yet the special effects still look really good if that makes sense special effects mm-hmm. are so good nowadays it's like it's like scott said it's crazy it's like hard yeah and i also feel like this is maybe like a point of pride for japan and like the J- japanese film industry you know because like godzilla yeah. is like a japanese first property so i feel like they don't want to let this down you know or like it looks like it's really well acted it looks like the plot you really believe it's apocalyptic you know uh, Godzilla- it's like an a24 film yeah <laughs> yeah kind of those, like parts of it i see what you're saying uh, yeah parts of it maybe <laughs> there's there's parts of it that look like it could be a smaller film and then you see the big shots of godzilla right and you're like Ooh. and these look they look sick so it's like a cool merging right. to, i'm just um, curious how yeah again don't know the story but i'm curious how this is gonna be handled and will also feel different than the monarch series that come comes out on apple tv that has um kurt russell in it 
And that's also a Godzilla mm-hmm. show. So, you know, they're doing the Godzilla show and then they have this movie. Like, I don't know if they're going to feel the same or different mm-hmm. or, you know, if this comes out and this does super well, does that then hurt the Apple TV show? Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess that's like the thing that comes up with me on this trailer. But um, maybe not, though. I mean, growing up, it seems like Godzilla kind of falls into that franchise of like in a way like kids like giant dinosaurs superheroes all that kind of stuff so like if you're a kid like godzilla you'll take any form yeah. of it so if you just see another movie that looks cool then you're and then you hear a show's coming on apple you're gonna be begging your mom like can i get it you know <laughs> yeah, so yeah. kids for sure will be driving it Ojita. but this this godzilla looks like he moves quicker than the godzilla and the monarch series yeah. yeah that's a good point he definitely looks like one of the faster godzillas we've seen because when he comes from goes from the water to land it's like bam he's there and buildings are getting destroyed so i'm excited about it Uh, yeah i definitely i think i'm gonna be seeing this one in theaters for sure some something that was supposed to come out this year but now is pushed back to january i think for next year and it was a little skeptical everybody was already dogging on it because you know the marvel came out and said we're gonna release all the episodes at one time um it is a show that is a spinoff of hawkeye a character that's kind of a spinoff of daredevil and it is echo we saw echo last in the hawkeye series and she was a really good adversary for hawkeye um she's getting her own show but for me what makes this trailer so great is it looks like it's a kingpin slash vincent d'onofrio trailer first like we get a little bit of her backstory in it and they like they do a really cool thing like this to me feels like a24 slash scorsese killers of the flower moon-esque where you're getting modern day trauma that's getting flashback to her origin story and yet we also see like the boss like seriously this this trailer and maybe this is racist now because the, I like they both have to deal with Native Americans. But at the same time, like we got Kingpin and I also feel like he's kind of the um, Robert De Niro in this trailer. Like he's a badass Don boss. So mm. I don't know, but it looked way better than I thought it was going to be. I don't know. What did you guys think about this trailer? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the way it's shot, uh, I know you mentioned earlier off camera that um, like him narrating it, um D'Onofrio just has like a really specific way about him like he can be very he's almost like a the way Bane was in the last yeah. Batman movie uh, why don't you just try like, to try he doesn't need to say to much like D'Onofrio go for it D'Onofrio he's like this guy uh, who likes sugar uh, and oh, water. Gonna just, do, uh, just do the voice uh, do, sugar. Oh, yeah. thank you Drake thank yeah. you sugar yeah. Water. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I so think you also D'Onofrio, said like, I'm not gonna give you hot dogs, Dev. No, no, he said why or something, wait, something like that. Oh, wait, what, what did I say? He said, you deaf girls can't have hot dogs or something. I forget <laughs> what it is. In the in the trailer, yes. in the trailer, he beats the shit out of a hot dog vendor for blowing yeah, off, for like mocking her um, and like all that. Maybe yeah. kills him. That yeah. dude is straight up dead. <clears throat> but, he got hooked against the wall. Yeah, for sure, multiple times. But yeah, he has like just like this calm way of speaking and like this super intimidating demeanor, and like it's intimidating. He does a really good job with it. Yeah, it's Law and Order. Yes, you know, criminal investigator, and that that's good too. Check that out, (laughs) criminal intent. Oh yeah, yeah, criminal intent. (laughs) Right. I like it. He just looks so massive in this too. Um, But there Mm -hmm. is also a little cool 
tidbit, it, there's a blink and you miss it moment of Daredevil in the red suit kind of jumping through this, uh, I don't know what you call them. What do you call those? Shel- like shelving, but like industrial shelving like you might see in like a kitchen on like a rolling. Oh, like a Costco? Yeah, like a rolling oh. rack kind of shelving. Uh, um, that's all I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, seriously, like if you look at it again, there's a blink and you miss a moment. And it's literally like Daredevil jumping and he like spins. So his head's looking up in the sky, but he's like jumping between the two shelves. And then that's like the only trailer. And then it cuts to Echo herself jumping off of a big rig at somebody. Kind of like she looks like the chick from the Matrix, uh, Trinity. You know when Trinity jumps and she, and like her legs are in the air and her arms are in there, like, yeah. But there's like an echo moment like that too. So they do a really good job of like keeping up the hype. The music is intense. It looks, I don't know, it looks it looks grittier. It's the first MCU show that's getting a TVMA rating. So it's not. This isn't Ooh. for your kids. Ooh, yeah, okay. this is following along. I didn't realize yeah, that. So this is following along the lines of what we got from Daredevil and the Punisher and Luke Cage, you know, like this or Jessica Jones. This is definitely more of a gritty show. And I feel like I get that from this trailer. And I and I think I said this offline. I don't know if I said this uh, yet, but, it, you know, to me, this looks better definitely than Secret Invasion. It looks better than even Loki season two for me. This looked better than um, maybe maybe not Moon Knight, but. Other shows that we've gotten so far, it, this looks like a lot better than that. And some of those shows yeah. I didn't hate. Oh, okay. But yeah, it looks like a fun action show that's going to have some like heart to it. Yeah. Heart. The other the other heart. report about it too. Sugar, sugar. <laughs> heart sugar. <laughs> diabetes. Yeah, that's, that's where my mind went. <laughs> heart plus sugar equals diabetes. diabetes why do we why do we always bring up diabetes? That was know. last week's episode. It's a real episode disease, okay? It's an epidemic. It is an epidemic. Yeah, it affects everyone everywhere. If you got you know. it. We we do feel bad for you. I'm sorry. Um, but shit, now I lost track of what I was going to say on that. Sorry. What was it about? Sorry. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, it, it looks incredible. Oh, this is it. This is the other thing they said. The producers also said that Echo is not a hero in this. She's a villain. So I really like Ooh. that, that they're not going to try to like make her a good guy all of a sudden from Hawkeye, that she's going to continue on and, and be a villain. So I, I dig that. All right. So let's get into reviews, guys. And let's start off. With Drake, you watched a couple things. Um, oh, two things. This looked really funny, but I didn't even know that it was coming out, first of all. And I don't even know yeah. where to watch it, but it's called The Quiz Lady. Yes. Tell us about um, it. This is a segment called Drake Tells You Why You Should Watch This Movie. <laughs> I like it. I can't wait. Here we go. So Quiz Lady, it is on Hulu. It came out November 3rd. It focuses around two people that we know by heart, Aquafina and Sandra Oh, who play sisters Anne and Jenny Yum, Y-U-M. This also was created um, or produced, I should say, by Will Ferrell's company. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will Ferrell is in it. And so oh. essentially it follows these two sisters. When they were young, their parents were having issues. And so uh, they essentially had to take care of the, each other, uh, primarily the older sister, uh, Sandra O oh to Aquafina, the younger sister. Um, as they grow up, we see that uh, Aquafina is kind of in a job, and Sandra O oh is kind of the more wild one, which you don't necessarily see her character in that way. 
on the backdrop, we also have a lot of Asian um, culture uh, that we don't necessarily get to see, especially in in what happens when a divorce happens within an Asian culture um, environment. Um, and essentially, the only thing that kept Aquafina sane is watching the same show every single day, which is the game show that she's loved. Um, all of a sudden, her sister took a uh, video of her kind of running through the answers very quickly and it went viral and that's how we get the name of the movie quiz lady and so they run into an issue where a character named uh dumbfounded in real life he's actually um uh he was an underground rapper for a long time oh, and cool. he took aquafina's dog as ransom because the mom uh, originally owed a bunch of money and so sandra O oh is trying to get aquafina onto this uh game show to be able to win that money back and get her dog back. And so all of these shenanigans kind of occur. You see this interesting growth um, of both Aquafina and Sandra Oh, and you also get to see them in, in roles that they don't usually play. Aquafina usually plays that like funny, awkward, kind of forward-facing individual. She's more of a slumpy, frumpy, like Asian-esque character. And Sandra Oh is more of that like, um, you know, serious, uh, character. She usually plays serious characters, but in this role, she's completely different. I've also uh, heard in the in the backdrop, um, behind the scenes, that uh, Sandra O oh did a lot of improvisation, and Aquafina kind of had to roll with it. Ooh. And so you get a, you get you get to see some really crazy things happen. Um, one thing that I think will help salivate your juices is that Will Ferrell plays kind of a, a lot more of a straight man in this one, um, kind of mm -hmm. more of like an Alex Trebek. And there's um, a moment in time where it gets a little bit more emotional to me this was a very like soft loving um beautiful story of like sisterhood um but the moment in talking about is they have to do charades at one point in time and the person that they're up against who happens to be uh jason schwartzman oh wow is of just a him and his partner are a pro at doing this charades game and aquafina mm -hmm. is completely scared of having to do charades because she's not a outgoing person but the way that her and Sandra O oh are able to uh, play this charades game is in a way that only two sisters would know. And um, it's completely amazing. So nice. if you have some time, watch Quiz Lady. It's a, it's a beautiful movie. It left me uh, uplifted. It was uh, short and sweet. Uh, it was funny at certain points in time. It was serious at certain points in time. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I can say about that. It's pretty good. Pretty interesting. All right. Sounds good. Now, Quiz Lady. Okay, I'm going to check it out. I've seen some things going around Quiz online lady. about it. It looked kind of good, so I'm, I'm, it's, I'm in. Watch it with your spouse, and I guarantee you it will not disappoint. Right on. And it's on Hulu? It's on a Hulu. Hulu's doing some Hulu. really great stuff right now. Definitely. Is, yeah. is Hulu doing a haunting in Venice? Hulu isn't doing a haunting in Venice. I believe that is a separate 20th century studios situation. Okay. Um, this is the, uh, what are those things called? Movies. What are those things? Movie. No, but where the characters are the same, but it's a different situation. Cinema. Oh, I forget what it's called. I just know other shows that do it. Yeah. TV shows. What the fuck are those things called, dude? I, I know what you're no, talking like about. A, uh, it's like American Horror yeah, Story. Like, I, I want to say it's that. an annexation, but it's not an annexation. A Puerto Rico? Um, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that's, oh, yeah, that is what it is. It's a football play. Um, yeah, yeah. An it's an anthology. <laughs> Little Giants all the way. Anthology. Bangos. Anthology. Hey. Okay, bangs. so first and foremost, Haunting in Venice 
uh, not what you expected from this series, like The Glass Onion. There is a lot of detectiving, but it's it's way more um, it's a way more thought provoking in that sense, uh, and it's a lot more scary. I, I, it was more scary than I thought it would be because there's these moments of realism in what's being portrayed literally in the in the film, and then the kind of the connotations behind it. So essentially, it's focusing on our main character, Mr. Poirot, uh, Hercule Poirot. And he's um, essentially being forced out of retirement by uh, Tina Fey. Okay. Who, and who is it played by? Who's Mr. Moreau? Uh, uh, Hercule Poirot, Poirot is played... Poirot uh, is played by... Please hold... Oh, wow. He's actually an older individual. Hmm. Uh, Kyle Allen, I believe. Uh, right? Okay. No? Don't know. The same guy who's been playing him the last many times. Nope, it's not Kyle Allen. Perot, where is he? He's not even on the thing on the thing, Bob. Yeah, I typed in Whoa, Kyle he... Allen and a quarterback came up. Oh, it's it's Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, yeah, Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, and then also in here is the um very 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 good um actress. That I'm mm-hmm. uh, Kelly Riley, who's also been in Yellowstone and in mm-hmm. um, what is that called? Sherlock Holmes, the one with um, she's kind of like the redhead uh, Iron Man. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Michelle Yeoh is in this. That's what. That's who. I, that's the only person I remember that was in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Michelle Yeoh and Tina Fey. Right? And Tina Fey. So uh, the big thing is that Tina Fey is trying to drag Hercule out of. Um, retirement or in this in this place of like lackadaisicalness and takes him to this house uh where there's like uh an idea that the house is haunted from these kids who at one point in time were left in there um because it was an orphanage uh during the black plague damn okay Mm. so and so the the rowena drake who's played by um uh kelly riley her daughter had uh, gotten killed by these individuals or the ghosts. And so Hercule's like, this is dumb. It's probably not real. And the reason why he thinks that is because uh, Kelly brought in Michelle Yeoh, who's supposed to be a medium. And Michelle Yeoh brings in two other characters who are kind of, um, Hercule finds out that they're kind of helping her out to kind of make it the thing, but all Michelle Yeoh dies. Damn. Early all on in the movie? Another person dies. Early on in the movie. Whoa. Way to... Yeah, was this supposed to be a... It's not really a spoiler a alert because you know people go and die. Mm. Um, and so it's just because somebody dies doesn't mean you know how it <clears throat> unfolds. You know what? I'm glad you told me she dies early because if people were trying to go watch this movie for this person, <laughs> like I did for Godzilla with Brian Cranston, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they will be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Because that motherfucker okay. died so real that's, quick. That's Brian wh- Cranston's dead. The reason why I remember Michelle Yeoh and I heard something about this is because she just came off of Everything Everywhere at Once. She just won an Oscar. Yep. And I think people did go see this because they're like, oh, it's more of this lady that I just saw in Everything Everywhere all at once. Like, I want to see more of her. And then people went and they were like, what? She's dead? Right off the bat. I think that screwed up a lot of people's I- take on this movie. Yeah, I, I guess I, I would agree for going singularly for that, but in in her role, in her you know the amount of time that she had screen time, I th- I still think she was convincing, 
because okay. when she when she goes right there's it still leads you to believe well is it is, was was there a part of it that was real or was it not mm. because it leads you down this way of what is what is actually really superstitious or what is actually real like haunting and that gets blended here and there here and there even after the conclusion um, where uh, Hercule brings everything together and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I saw that here, this and that. And you can kind of draw your conclusions from what you've seen in the movie if you're doing a little bit of deduction. It still leads you to believe um, that maybe there's more. Mm. And okay. the way where this is um, placed uh, inside of... Well, it's definitely an anthology, so it's a different story. But the way Hercule Poirot is in this, it's it's definitely back in the day. There's no... Um, I, I don't think there's any cars and I don't think there's any cell phones. So considering he's also done, he's also been in the glass onion. I would assume this is previous, even though it's a different story and it could be a different time. It just doesn't make sense to have the same character in yeah. a different time frame. Cause it's, if it's not, cause you're saying Hercule Perot, but like, are you talking about like Daniel Craig's character? Yeah. Huh? Because like that's, that's supposed to be more modern day. Yeah. So it can't be him. They're the same Guy, though? I want to say they're like, the same. Aren't they the they same? Could be it, like, in anthologies, isn't the same guy or the same? Um, so in Glass Onion and Knives Out, it's he's literally the same guy. It's not like the same actor playing a different guy. It's like the same guy. Oh, interesting. You know, so I think this may, I'm thinking maybe, about a different thing. Yeah, they, I think these ones are connected uh, to like the um, Death on yeah, the Nile. Yeah, Death on the Nile. Yeah, 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 yeah and all that. Right. Stuff. Okay. Similar though, I mean, it is like yeah. that murder. It's it got me. Thing. It got me all messed up. But yeah. you know, at the same time, it could be like a how Batman or Sherlock is done. Like it's a character that could exist at any time. Another right. person could be that. Depends, you know, like yeah, the writer I, I believe can like, that too. put this so. character in any time frame depending on the story they want to tell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, if you like that murder mystery type situation, I think regardless of whether or not it's like a glass onion style or it's this style, like um, on the Nile situation, um, I mm-hmm. I liked it. I digged it. I dig this one more than Death on the Nile. Um, oh, yeah. Nobody like that. Just because of the, the scary factor, um, the shots in Venice, the aerial shots are, are beautiful. Um, Tina Fey's character in this is spectacular. I think... Um, she brings a different dynamic and a different um, uh, dimension to this whole thing. Her banter with Hercule is hilarious. Right on. Um, and I would oh, watch nice. it just for that. Hell yeah. It's pretty short, too. It's only 103 minutes. Um, it did well. It bu- it was budgeted for $60 million. It already made uh, $119.3 million, So mm. according That's to good. this Wikipedia article, which you know is always legit. so <laughs> Never wrong. You can write your reports Never off wrong. those kids. Yep. Great facts. Yeah. Oh, nice. Always, always use it. Perfect. Well, I, I yeah, <laughs> I nice. think you definitely got me interested in it. And yeah, I'll consider. I started watching The Burial after, you know, your review on it, Drake. And it is so far, I haven't finished it. I've been like watching it in chunks. It has not disappointed me yet. It is pretty good. So yeah. definitely considering nice. this one as well. That's good. All right, let's move on to Loki episode five. Oh wait, let's squeeze in Invincible well, real quick. I was quick. thinking Invincible oh, yeah, into yeah, yeah. the finale of Gen V since they're both on Amazon Prime. No. Oh. oh yeah. Scratch. 
Thomas Ed me out real quick. <laughs> well, I'm going with what you did. Jesus. <laughs> We're keeping that in. All right. So Loki episode five was a big one. This is not the finale, finale but this was the penultimate mm-hmm. episode. And man, I think this was one of the most impactful episodes of any show, of any Disney Plus Marvel thing that we've gotten ever. Uh, other than Loki season one, episode six, the finale of that season. So this, man, this had so many layers to it. Um, and I think that what it did and how it was able to pick right back up after episode four and how episode four was this amazing cliffhanger. And I just did Mm -hmm. not know how they were going to be able to move on from that. I'm like, fuck, where do they go from here? You know, like they got hit by the the blast of the temporal loom radiation and everybody seems to be gone. Like, how did they pick this back up? But surprisingly, Mm -hmm. it works amazingly well. And we find out that Loki is just there in the TVA by himself. Uh, And then from there, he starts to try to reconnect with all of his TVA friends. And that's that's kind of it. But along the way, we discover about everybody's backstory. And it's done super, super well. Yeah, do you want to take it away from here, Scott? While you cough and meet yourself? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, jumping off of what you said with jumping into the backstories, I like that... I like seeing everyone's backstory and like kind of answering questions. So definitely answering questions about what we thought these people were like outside of TVA Um, and like confirming maybe what we assumed, Mm. Um, especially like Mobius, um, his like thing with jet skis and like everyone assumed. Let's just take a moment. He was selling jet skis and he sure was. Let's just take a moment and appreciate (laughs) that Loki finally was able to get on a Sea-Doo because wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It yeah. was, yeah, it was so great because the way they did it too, with yeah. it zooming in on his face and like the wind is blowing through his hair and it's just blue skies behind him and he's just got the biggest smile it was just awesome because you're like, that really was this guy's happy place, you know, being on a sea yeah. dew ripping yeah, around. Really and then you also find out like that's not the whole story to this guy. You know, he, he had a wife. He, he doesn't have one anymore for whatever reason. Maybe she was blipped. Mm-hmm. Maybe she left it. Maybe she died. It doesn't really say. He just knows she's way gone now. Um, but mm-hmm. there's a really nice moment in the middle where Loki is getting to reconnect with him. And they're they're going through all these things. And the way Loki convinces him to join the team is because he has two sons who, let's be honest, one of them is probably a sociopath. His melting chin. Yep part or in the front yard and like <laughs> yeah. all this stuff so but like is that interaction where'd you get me yeah. is this burnt yeah yeah, yeah. little winds <laughs> yep, little winds burnt. don't run yeah you know um <laughs> it's 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 great i really dug it i really liked how also in the beginning when loki first time slipping because that's the other part to this too he starts time slipping again and he's like no damn it you know like the come on like nobody can scream and be like frustrated and do the hair flip as well as Tom Hiddleston. Well, it's just like one of his many abilities in his classically yes, trained. It is acting repertoire, and like he does it to perfection. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but he starts time slipping, and then at first he goes to see Casey, and I think it's in like 1962 Alcatraz. So that yeah. was cool. 
because we're like, oh, I was not expecting Casey to be a prisoner on Alcatraz, but I like how mm-hmm. they're taking real life history facts, and he ends up being this Frank guy who was like one of the three guys who actually did escape from Alcatraz. Whatever they don't, they don't know if they ever uh, made it to shore or if they ever got away, or if they got like if they sank or drowned or eaten or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I like how they kind of take some of this fiction and add it to some historical events, and we get that here, and then just that. Hey, hey, Casey, what do you, you know, like, um, we got to go in the boat. And they're like, hey, are you the boat guy? He's like, Casey, I, I don't know about the <laughs> yeah. boat. And he's like, why do they keep calling you? Why does he keep calling you Casey, Frank? He's like, I don't know this guy. Like, I don't know why he's calling me uh, Casey. <laughs> like, all of that was kind of funny to start. And then, um, you know, showing that he doesn't remember him anymore, which is also an awesome callback to episode one when he didn't remember him. And then from there, then I think he jumps over to Hunter B-15 or to Obi or Mobius. One of the two. But anyways, like he. he, he yeah. He, I want to say the Hunter B-15 was like the third one. or something. Yeah, you might be right mm-hmm. on that. I think so. But anyways, we yeah. So then we go back to Mobius. We see him at mm-hmm. his jet ski Sea-Doo dealership, um, wow. follow him home. And, you know, mm-hmm. Loki's trying to convince him that they're friends. From there, we jump into B-15, we see, or Hunter B-15, and we see that she's a doctor and that she's really caring. She's helping this girl with her cast. You know, she's kind of teaching her life lessons. And, and there's even a weird tidbit here of, like, pain is a good reminder and a good teacher of, like, fruit. Fu- future things from ha- happening and someone else take it away right now i need some water <laughs> i knew exactly I was about what joke you meant. there <laughs> she wrote like i will not climb up trees on her cast and then you gather that that's how she got her cast a little girl she fell right. out of a tree and she she said it ain't gonna work is it she's like nope <laughs> yeah. so yeah i thought that was a little cute moment but it shows like she has as tough as she is in the tva she has like this very kind um helping demeanor yeah. to her that's like i guess you kind of see in the tva when she's with like loki them mm-hmm. but otherwise she's like this real tough like military-esque kind of lady yeah. you'd assume like that's what she was outside so mm. um so it's it cool is. and she was a doctor so like she's not using any of her knowledge i feel like in the tv i don't know yeah, yeah exactly well, I mean, like mobius like, is not jet ski mm-hmm. all right um, well, i guess his sales his sales comes into play a lot more yeah, but you think you'd use some sort of like your like knowledge on medicine and that stuff to like maybe she does maybe she's like a paratrooper kind of thing like she's paramedic. Yeah, maybe she was using it in the field, keep people in line or something in TVA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who yeah. knows? But it was cool You're to right. see. That. I think that's a great great pull right there because yeah we we think of them all as a certain way we think of casey as like kind of like a nerdy dork in the office we see hunter b15 as like the hard prisoner who goes after loki you know um ob ob's kind of the most like his character i will say oh yeah um or Ouroboros. he's like a super genius in like whatever time he's yeah in. it, it it was interesting. Like, he, yeah, he was probably, like you're saying, the closest to, like, the same dude. Yeah, he, yeah, he was. But it's funny because his whole thing was he wanted to be the fiction writer, you know, the famous writer. But at the same time, like, what he becomes in the TVA is a writer, but he's more known for his actual science, I would say. Right. Yeah, so... he, But he is, I guess, his most... He's like, the, um, he's like Dr. Ken... But Dr. Ken became a comedian. 
from a doctor. And this guy wanted to be a writer, but was just like an inventor. Wait, who's Dr. Ken? Real real life Dr. Ken, the guy in um Ken Jong. Oh, Ken Jong. Um, oh, Ken Jong. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he's obviously really smart and capable in this one field of work, mm-hmm. but like would love to do something else yeah. as well. And it was funny, like he it like he plays that character so well. Like when they're like, Oh, you wrote the TVA handbook, and he's like I do become a successful writer. Like that, just that little bit was enough to keep him like, okay, <laughs> yeah. good. Like it's so genuine. Yeah, he like, was. Yeah. It like, is. It's know. like adorable. But then we also find out when he fixes the temp pad and he comes back to save Mobius and Loki, he's like, oh, he's, you know, Loki's like, oh, wow, you did that fast. He's like, 19 months. I don't know if that's fast. He's like, I lost my job and I lost my wife and I lost everything. But oh, I know, well. that was sad. Yeah. Like, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I mean, that's what he wanted to do. I love the whole idea too of of him like trying to to get the books launched, and he goes in the bookstore and he's like trying to buy his own books. He like puts them on the shelf and be like, "This is great to fund it." That's pretty genius. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was smart. Just like, was yeah, smart. it's a hustle it for was. sure. Yeah, oh, man, that that was, was so really. Great. And he was man. so like optimistic and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like some person comes to you says they're a time traveler and all this stuff, and he's like. All right, yeah, let's talk about it. Like he was just like so, you know, not like get out of here, you freak. Right. It was a no, it, was yeah. it was a cool way to like do a, a almost like a montage of backstory without devoting a full episode. Yeah, De- yeah, definitely. Yeah. And at the same, I mean, I think this is backstory done right. You know what I mean? Where you learn about the characters, but at the same time, it's still progressing the story and then progressing the main character. Because at the end of the day, this is a yeah. Loki story, and then what we get from Loki's realization. And I think before we get to that point, it's like what he experiences with Sylvie, right? Like he finally goes back to talk to Sylvie and she's the only one of them that remembers him. She's like, I don't, she's like, Loki, why would I remember you? Of course I remember you. And he's like, Oh, well everybody else did it. And then there, she's like, let's go to the bar. They have that conversation. And I think it's one of the most impactful conversation again with it for any character that we've ever seen. You know, um, I'm trying to think of another time, you know, the other conversation I could think of is maybe like when Iron Man calls out Cap and he's like, you know, we lost, you know, you, you said, you know, we'd win together, we'd lose together and here we are. And like, it didn't work, you know, and, and that realization mm-hmm. of like, man, we really failed. But I think that conversation at the bar where she's telling him, you know, like, what do you want? You know, it comes down to, he doesn't want to be alone and he doesn't, just that, I mean, he wants the TVA back, not just because he's giving them an option and also it could save the universe, but it's because he wants to be with his friends. And I, I don't know. I just felt like that was such an amazing scene to get to the heart of like what Loki is about. I don't know. What do you guys think about that bar scene? What is the general idea of why um, they, they're both able to recognize each other as their gods? What do you mean? Like, um, like oh how she still remembers him yeah i think the i, th- I didn't really get yeah that. i think it's still like tbd because she's still a loki right yeah but i also think someone was saying because she still has kang's temp pad or he who remains temp pad that maybe she was immune to it or maybe because she was hiding mm-hmm. at the end of apocalypse for her whole life she was used to that radiation loki basically t- took like ass blast to the face of radiation in episode four 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so maybe it's because of the amount of radiation that they've absorbed from like the temporal loom and in time and how it all works that they may be, um, I don't know, like immune to it, I guess. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not too sure about it. I, I still think that 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 scene I just love because at her heart, she's a Loki too. She knows yeah. why he wants to get all of this back and to get it all reset and everything because she's feeling it too. And we see that she's feeling it too because of the next scene in the music store. So she goes in there, mm. she gets the record, right? The guy's like, hey, this will either cure whatever is ailing you or it'll make it way worse. And that song goes on yep. and she's sitting in the back. And when she starts crying, listening to all the lyrics... Spaghetti. Yeah, and the spaghetti visuals, which was absolutely beautiful. But that that so scene cool. just in general was just so beautiful. That to me, mm-hmm. talking about A24, like that reminds me of an A24 scene about how creative it was and how unique. And, you know, the the windows start spaghettifying and the cups spaghettified. So the, the coffee spilling on the table and everything around her is kind of dissolving while this record spins. And then the camera spins with the record and then it flips up mm-hmm. and then she kind of backs herself to the wall and everything is spaghettifying around her. And the only thing that stops that from happening is the temp pad magic or technology the science or the fiction. I don't know what it would be. Right. But I mean, I guess to us, it's, it is just that it's science fiction. So I love it. And in that moment, she realizes that she needs to be with Loki and the rest of the team, because if, even if he gives them free will, and even if he just lets them go off and do their own thing, all of universe, all of realities are collapsing around him. He has to, they have to do something. So man, it was just really, really well done. I thought, it was some of the more like beautiful and poetic moments, but also like really getting to the heart of of any Marvel character that we've seen on screen. And, you know, other yeah, again, I think like Thor's gone through it. I feel like Captain America went through it. I went through Iron Man, went through it, and those are some of the reasons why they're a lot of our favorite characters is because we've seen them at their lowest. We've also seen them rise above it and kind of like fight through that. So I feel like this this scene, uh, these two scenes, kind of embodied that. Yeah, for sure. That's good. And it's like as cheesy as it is, whatever. It's um, it's nice to see Loki. Like I guess, admit like you guys are my best buds. Yeah. Because you think back to his life, and it's like he's never really been close to anyone, and he's always been looking out for himself. He kind of felt like he had yeah. to. It's probably why he's always mischievous all the time. He has his brother that he loves, probably you know unconditionally. <laughs> but it's like it's not like they have the same relationship as he does with these people you know like mm. eating pie with mobius you know and like just whatever yeah. you know shooting the shit mm. even the, um, this time yeah so it was like nice had on lamentus <clears throat> with sylvie on the train and just drinking and mm-hmm. her asking him like do you think what it means to be a loki is us always losing you know it's like those yeah. kind of questions like nobody nobody asked him those questions in the avengers like thor never really asked him those things like you know, uh, Odin probably didn't. Maybe the closest person ever was his mom, Freya, and he's kind of the reason she gets yeah. killed. So, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I think these moments were like really, really good and really needed to drive the points of the show home. But for the longest time, he has been the god of mischief, and I think this se- this season has been a lot of like, what is what is he really the God of and can he come to grips with the type of God that he is? 
And what's interesting for a long time, it has been mischief, but I think this is the first time where we start seeing Loki shift from the god of mischief to a new comic book kind of character and kind of him leveling up, kind of him reaching like <clears throat> Super Saiyan God or Super Saiyan 4 where he, right. he now has this ultimate power learning about time slipping, which we'll get into in a second, but also he's now not becoming the god of mischief anymore. Um, online, he's called the Avenger Prime, and what that title means is he becomes a god of fiction, meaning the god of rewriting stories. And I think we see that mm. in this episode. He, you know, the reason why uh, Mobius says, oh, jet skis are, a, you know, a perfect union of form and function is because Loki says that to him. Yeah. The reason why, yeah, like the that. reason why um, Obi says something, I can't remember, or some of the things that he says is because Loki goes in there and says it to him first. And then by the time maybe they start the TVA again, they think it's their idea, but it was really him in the past before they forgot him implanting those ideas. Mm -hmm. Oh, the book. He, uh, he, yeah. he brings Victor Timely to Obi, who helps Obi write the book, the book that inspires Victor Timely. Loki then gets the book and then sees uh, Obi when he's still A.D. Doug, gives him the book that he will then write that inspires him to create the temp pad to get everything fixed. So literally all of these things are Obi, but the whole episode, he's rewriting the fiction of these characters' lives. And that's yeah. like really freaking cool. So I, I, I love this episode for that. I thought this was really, really amazingly Great well storytelling. Done. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And just all this, these ideas of a Mobius strip, you know, um, a thing looping back on itself so it runs eternal. Same thing with the Ouroboros, like life creates destruction, destruction creates life. And all, you know, and, and he, we've been seeing it all season, but we see it especially in this episode too. And there's just like more examples that lead to that. And I'm like, fuck, that was just... It was just really well done. So I, I was really surprised by how good this episode was. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think we will see in the future. Okay, so it ends with him learning how to time slip, um, which is definitely a level up. I mean, that's a, a serious yeah. power. And that's cool. a power that I think if we are going to need the Avengers to beat Kang and everything, like Loki's going to be one of the only people that's going to be able to reverse time because like the time stone or the infinity stones aren't around anymore. But I mean, he, mm -hmm. I guess he could technically revert time to go get them. But at the same time, which is God, I gotta stop saying that he doesn't oh, need them. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> need them anymore because he is a living infinity stone. He is a living time stone. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I I hope that Tom Hiddleston wants to keep this character going for a while. I think he's going to be super pivotal for the Avengers. I think his arc has been one of the most incredibly fleshed out arcs out of every character that we've seen in the last, like, whatever it is, you know, 15 years of Marvel so or the MCU. So, I don't know. I feel very positive about it. And then, you know, I, I don't know where this episode ends. Like, I think he figures out a way to stop Victor Timely from spaghettifying. But there's a theory online, and I can't take credit for it, but when he goes out to the temporal loom on the walkway, you know, he has to do something to pull Victor Timely away from it. Um, but instead, he pulls back the king that we saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I think the worst person to beat Kang, if I had to choose, would be... Miss Marvel. 
Miss Marvel. Does she beat King? Could- I mean, she doesn't. But if she did, I'd be like, what? <laughs> well, Ant-Man already did. Yeah. So. I mean, Ant-Man's ability is just to shrink. Yeah. Like Miss Marvel. I mean, yeah. Maybe you're right. Actually, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like Hawkeye. <laughs> Beam and like I love Hawkeye. I think Hawkeye is an awesome, like badass hero. Jerry Renner's the man. But at the same time, it's like Hawkeye mm-hmm. doesn't have any powers. And like technically, like Scott didn't either. He he can shrink and he can grow really big now. And he didn't grow really big to beat him. Yeah. And he didn't shrink. So he just <laughs> straight up beat him in a fist fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Well Hawkeye Hawk has a, a weakness that will always defeat him. What is it? Snowmobile. Oh shit! Too soon. Damn! I don't think it's too soon. He's, <laughs> He's doing getting fine. better. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Though I forget the joke, but um, I think speaking of um, Ant Man, uh, Paul Rudd sent some kind of like joke to him while he's recovering, in the sense of like including a snowmobile or whatever, like like one you only send to your good yeah. friend, and he had a good sense of humor about it. I forget the joke, but. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, that was so, cool. I'm sure he has a good sense of humor about yeah, it. So. He yeah. did. So, yeah. Incredible, incredible episode. All right. Moving yeah. on. We got the season two premiere of Invincible. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Scott, do you want to take it away on this one? Yeah. So, if you've seen season one, it picks up right after that. Um, little spoiler season one ends with uh, main character Invincible. His dad is Omni Man. And his, you find out, like, Omni Man is like the Superman who has been sent there to like destroy, uh, terraform the Earth, I guess, and turn it into what their species would be. So they take over and whatnot. And um, he unveils this to his son, like this is always the plan, dude. Um, they have this big fight, and he leaves. So it picks up from there. Um, this they 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 kick off on like an alternate universe. So it's kind of cool. Um, seems like multiverse is like popular right now. So it's, it delves into mm. that. It's a multiverse of when um, his son, Invincible, follows instead of fighting his dad, follows through with the plan and was like, all right, cool. I heard your pitch. Let's do it. Let's destroy the Earth. Um, and it's just like this like horrible world. You're kind of watching like, what the fuck? Like, when is he going to wake up from his right. dream? And you're like, it's not a dream. What's exactly. going on? And then it cuts to a dude that can um, walk between um, dimensions. So he ends up coming back into our dimension and you see the main character that we know uh, dealing with the trauma he experienced in <clears throat> season one. He wants to continue fighting crime. He's kind of like staying home. He's not going to school, but he's also has this internal battle. Like he's afraid he's going to become like his dad. And anytime anyone mentions anything like that, he gets really defensive. Yeah. Um, it feels guilty. And he just has this internal like, struggle. Yeah. Like, like he just yeah. seems like guilty yeah. that he let people down or that he's like, <clears throat> that the possibility of turning to his dad like kind of makes him feel bad daddy issues for yeah sure. but still yeah it's, it's really cool it dives back into everything um action's really great um drawing and everything is really great the it's gruesome if you like that it's and it, i guess it ties into like the boys that like, we're going to talk about in a bitch relax dude <laughs> Relax, Let's bro. talk to it in a bit. Well, yeah, I'm gonna talk about a bitch. Oh no, is that gonna be a saying? Man, that should be a yeah. saying. God damn, we'll talk about it a bitch. All right, talk about it a bitch, yeah. man. Fuck. Um, uh. yeah, shit. But 
<laughs> it's really good. Um, there's also some Kang um, vibes in this too. The guy who can walk between worlds kind of has this vibe where he's like, he wants all the knowledge to like make all the worlds yeah. great. And um, it's like kind of, it's in in a sense, it reminds me of like a Kang. You're so feel. right. I didn't even, um, and that guy, I mean, oh shoot, he was already in the MCU. He plays um, T'Chaka's brother in Black Panther 1, but it's the guy from This Is Us. Oh, um, okay, he's okay. like the main guy that can like do the universe hopping, like you were saying. But man, I was like, dang, mm-hmm. if he did it, I was like, that have that guy take over for Jonathan Majors. But I forgot he's already been in the MCU. But yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it is, it is cool. I was fully ready for it to be a dream and for him to wake up, and then it's not. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh wow, okay. So they're going that route. But then the, the multiverse of it all comes into play, like you're saying. Um, Okay, so there was a lot I liked about it, but this didn't hit me, I think because I watched Loki and because I watched mm. Gen V, like it didn't hit me the way that season one did in the premiere, where I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, Omni-Man's like killing the whole Justice League, you know, kind of thing in the in the first episode of season one. And it was really good. Like you were saying, everything is true. All that action was super good, but it didn't hit me like the way that season one hit me and I, and I don't know if it's because it lined up with all this other stuff I was watching, but, um, yeah, I, I just kind of hope it, it gets a little bit more intriguing for me. Um, I guess we're seeing so many multiverse things that it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like things are like rising and things are dropping because there's too many options right now. You know, Rick and Morty and yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. It, it's hard to sometimes like, it's it's hard to see new ideas and then it's hard to not compare these ideas with one and you're like, ah, oh, did they do it better? When really like really we shouldn't, but it doesn't mean we don't do yeah. it. Like for sure. Anytime I watch anything, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like like for instance, I'm like, oh yeah, he's kind of like a kid. Yeah. Oh, he's kind of like this. Yeah. Oh, multiverse. But I wasn't okay. even like and I shouldn't be thinking right. like that. I wasn't comparing it to I Loki am. though, even I like I was just comparing it even to itself <clears> against <throat> season one. And maybe I shouldn't be yeah. doing that either because it was a start. But like this premiere, as much as I thought it was good, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying it's bad by any means, but it just it wasn't like a like Loki for me was like a eight or nine. Like Gen V um, season finale was like eight or nine. This was like a six seven for me, or well, I would say probably like a strong seven. And like it just so okay. it just wasn't like as powerful. Where I felt like season one, episode one of Invincible was like that's a straight eight or nine too, maybe even ten. Like it was just it, I was so surprised by it, and I wasn't as surprised in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's I know they touch a little bit on it, like in the multiverse, um, Omni Man destroys um, Immortal Man or whatever. Yeah. And it's like that. I guess that's the closest thing you can get to the first episode, right? Um, but I'm I'm just gonna take it as like I'm sure there's got to be a reason why they just started with one episode and not like yeah, three, like they normally like. Do. It's probably gonna build into something really good. I know they had to deal with the trauma. I'm trying to think of it more, especially while I'm playing Spider Man. Like sometimes good stories just oh, need more time that- to. That's true, out, yeah. you know, and it's hard to like make sure every episode. But like Spider Man's um, beginning so. was so good for me. Like I, we've just been spoiled. It's like spoiled <laughs> by riches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even yeah, things yeah, that they sure. were showing at BlizzCon too. I think was just like wow, that looks dope. You know, I don't even play that game, but like it makes me want to play yeah. it because that looks so freaking cool. You know what I mean? Oh, but 
Yeah, it could also be. I mean, granted, the first season one, episode one, still followed this thing. I'm going to say, but um, season two, episode one, it's still following a a comic that was written yeah, years ago. True. You yeah. know, whereas like Loki and all these new properties we're seeing are like they have the um, the writers are going in like, how do we top the last fucking thing that was blowing right, up the internet? Right. Like, and then they can do that. Versus like they're telling a story that's already been told. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, the best they can do is like make it look yeah. cool, which they've been doing which so far. Did. But the action—I see what you're saying for tight. sure. Like <clears throat> with all the yeah. Maulers jumping out and like the different variations of them, and then like, yeah, yeah, Invincible has to fight all of them. I thought that was super cool. Um, yeah, it was just—it was just weird too. I kept thinking in that fight, as badass as it was, and I was loving it. I was like, okay, they just showed us all the Guardians, and they're like, they fight that big like giant baby, and then like it shows like Immortal is like the new leader. And I'm like, where's the rest of the Guardians? Because, like, the main guy, Cecil, like, sent Invincible out. He didn't send the rest of the team. Like, that, I don't know. It was just, like, kind of weird for me. I know they're following the comic. And I'm still loving it. Again, I'm on board. But, like, these are just little things that kept popping up in my mind. Like, why wouldn't you send Yeah, like, why wouldn't you send the rest of the team? And, you know, uh, I don't know. So those are just little things that kind of kept flooding in my mind. And I was like, ah, stop. But it was just, it's there. It was there. Yeah, for sure. I have a question. Um, just because we're getting a lot of superhero things, we're getting a lot of parallels, right, in terms of multiverses mm-hmm. and time and things of such. Um, there is this general idea of you know fatigue in the genre mm-hmm. um, with things like Gen V and The Boys and Invincibles and Marvel um, kind of all in a very similar pathway, obviously showing it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With all of the parallels, with all of the differences that we've seen, a what haven't we seen yet that it can, can that can still keep you kind of involved, whether that's like graphics or storytelling or those French uh, tilts. And second question would be, what would make you truly fatigued with the genre? It's a good question. There, it's interesting in that book, The Reign of the MCU, that I'm reading now that mm-hmm. we've talked about in the past. Um, <laughs> John Favreau compared it to this. He said in the 1960s, maybe 1920s, one of those times, he was like... That's a big difference. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But he was like, around this time, like cowboy movies were like the thing. He's like, didn't matter what anybody put out, they're like, uh, that movie was a hit. It could be, as long as it was like cowboy, and at that time, it might have been cowboy and Indians, but like, you know, these cowboy stories were in, like people could have missed. And what happened mm-hmm. was people started bending the genre just a little bit or putting their own little tweak on it or putting their own like, I wish somebody would just mm-hmm. do this with the character. I wish they would do that. And cowboy movies for the most part, like they're not at their pinnacle, but they never really went away. Like, we still True. get a few cowboy stories. I mean, Yellowstone is just an updated cowboy story. Oh, man. So, so good. I don't That's know true. if they ever go away as long as you have good writing and it's well acted. Mm. So if you have Agreed. those things, it may never go away. And I, I don't know what's going to make me truly fatigued on. I don't think superhero is a thing that you can be fatigued on. Like, I think if you like heroic stories and you like mm. people overcoming you know invincible odds like we see heroic stories in real life with sports and athletes like so primal human primal human emotion yeah so i i don't know if it ever goes away but i think if they keep telling things in a similar similar way over and over again i 
think it will become stale. So with that in mind, I think it's awesome that Marvel has tried to do new things and, and tried to explore. And some of them were okay and some of them didn't work at all. But, I, you know, I'm excited to see James Gunn's universe and I'm excited to keep watching Invincible. And goddamn, like when we get into Gen V, like this was one of the – this – is an incredible show. Like one of my favorite shows I can say almost ever now, like it was so phenomenally well done. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if that's, uh, yeah, if Scott, you have an answer, but whenever we're ready, we'll, we can move on to Gen V. Yeah. I'm just to piggyback that. Um, yeah, I agree. Like I think fatigue for me only happens when the writing isn't that good. When it feels like it's kind of like a money grab. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as there's good writing, and I feel like there's always some kind of property that lies within that realm of superhero, whatever, that that fits that, I tend to, you know, towards that, I'll read that, I'll watch that, or like there's there's certain reason why certain characters are like have been popular for so many years, right? Um, yeah, I could watch fucking Batman over and over again, no matter what iteration, yeah. you know, like a new Batman could come out. I know if the writing's good, I'm fucking watching it, reading it, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so yeah, I think it comes down to that, like tweak it a bit if you want whatever but as long as the writing's good and the love's there yeah because yeah, it's like batman's like sherlock <clears throat> or like spider-man even or hercules like these historical characters we keep doing new stories with or like a slight tweak on mm-hmm. it and then people keep going to watch it because i think the the heart of the character is the thing that we want to like embody and and you know we can keep being updated for modern audiences yeah i just interesting those like uh, archetypes like the warrior or the detective or the cowboy Mm -hmm. or the the lone ranger or the shogun or the ronin yeah you know it's like yeah yeah. those are all yeah i get what you're saying i get what you're saying but with invincible in particular i'm looking forward to um seeing what the whole relationship with his dad is gonna like you know it's gonna pop up again i didn't read it so um part of me wants to read it and then part of me wants to just wait and enjoy it as i watch it i'm gonna say i'm torn every day um but yeah i'm looking forward to that and then they uh, like any superhero universe like the boys or invincible whatever they always have their own little tweak type of thing they have with it and i'm interested to see like what superhero like what new powers pop up what new type of villains pop up how that all meshes and all that stuff like i'm a sucker for that and um this this whole omni-man thing he's like fucking super superman prime whatever you know superboy Mm -hmm. prime like i don't know how he's supposed to beat him but he's gonna have to run into me eventually so talk about jokes too there's (laughs) that part where like jay farrow plays bulletproof and remember he like we're introducing two new people to the squad and they're like this is bulletproof and then like rexplode comes in he's like bulletproof that's a little on the nose right and he's like rexplode what did your like little like five-year-old sister come up with that name or something i don't know he like teases shit out (laughs) yeah yeah he shuts him down down. yeah Yeah, i mean like the jokes are there are still good and the the voice acting cast like all of them are tremendous actors in their own right so then you bring them into like animation like i mean just for that i mean you talked about sandra olet earlier she's plays you know steven ewan invincible's mom zazzy beats plays his girlfriend i mean yeah yeah and seeing how mark has to deal with now that his dad's not his number one hero anymore too like he can't like in fact like his dad is his number one enemy he went from the person he looks up to the most in the world to the person he's probably gonna have to stop more than anybody else so it's a really crazy story i think from that aspect so yes i I think for sure with Ami. yeah and then the added part, he's young, the added pressure of like everyone's watching him even more now. No one really trusts him, it seems, because they're like, you might be like mm-hmm. your dad. 
for any, I'm assuming any like young person coming into anything, you at least want people to like uplift you. It seems like everyone's kind of besides his mom and his close friends are like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't trust yeah. you. You could fuck up at any moment. I know you're here right now to help, but yeah, I don't know. And you're just like, do I even want to do this? It could create some sort of bitterness. Eventually, he could be like, fuck you then. I'm going to be like my dad, you weak fuck. <laughs> you know, right, whatever. Right, right. Like, at any moment, he could just yeah. like turn. So, yep. yep. Yeah. And, it's yep, interesting. It's good. All right. Last thing. Uh, we quickly got to get into Gen V, uh, the finale. Let's do it. So, oh, man, fuck. this was good. Um, again, this also picks right back up where the last episode ends. Uh, Kate has now killed Dean Shetty, and they're all just trying to figure out what the F to do and how to handle it. Kate goes full supervillain mode uh, in hand with Sam, and they decide to break all the kids out from the woods and shit starts hitting the fan in like a very the boys type of way. Um, man, everybody's getting murdered and slaughtered. Um, if you are sensitive yeah. to like school shootings and stuff like that, this is going to be real tough to watch. But at the same time, God, if if you've been loving this show, this episode delivered in every front for me. It, it just worked so fucking well. Um, the, the, the team you know, the guardians of Godokin or whatever they call yourself, the friends that we've been following all season now get split up into two groups basically. And they kind of have to go head to head in a sense. And then from there, we get a lot of connections to the world of the boys with Ashley, the new CEO of Vought. And then we get a very, um, kind of crazy heavy cameo at the end with Homelander. And then if you stayed uh, like halfway through the credits, you, um, we get to see butcher. So, Man, this yeah. episode was wow. Yeah, what were your thoughts, man? Yeah, not yeah. Talk about the shooting. It's like school face melting, school laser beaming, <laughs> school yeah. like just like supers taking on anyone. It's funny. Like some of them were like, "Hey, are you super? I won't hurt you." And then other ones are just like, "Laser beam everyone!" Right, right. Like I'm just like, no one was safe really. Um, yeah. Freaking bananas. Um, it was a huge kind of twist at the end in the sense of like you're with you have the you have the idea of like the show following these main characters that you're following being like the good guys, the ones that are going to come on top, the ones that are like, I guess, they, I mean, they are doing the right thing. But just like the boys universe, they end up um, no one who is good gets like their justice. It feels yeah. Um, that yeah that's the is you know yeah. it's like okay so on that when point, home, uh, let me just yeah. say this real quick uh like Go for it, it just reminds me of game of thrones in that way you know where like the right guy <laughs> doesn't <clears throat> always get to live like ned stark doesn't get to live you know like these kids are like we're trying to be heroes we're trying to do the right thing and out of all the things they do decide to sacrifice like their whole careers and possibly their lives to like be the good guys it flips around yeah there's yeah for sure and um it's funny there are moments in this kind of like what you were putting on an invincible like where, where you get taken aback and you're like okay i get it like certain people are your friends or whatever but like do you really want to stop this person do you not want to stop what's going on like there's a lot kate can only touch people and then make them do things fucking get kate right, like i right. There was certain points I was getting like Polaris dude who's literally just like slammer on her head if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, um, but he doesn't. I know, but I, um, or you could but just, like, you know the a couple episodes ago he was just like they were just banging. So yeah, I know, but fucking dude, you're uh, 
okay yeah. like mass murdering though you want to stop like what's going yeah. on or like or um i know i was surprised he didn't so, just like okay. wrap so her they, up in like some kind of metal thing but it maybe he's just not, he's not as good as his yeah, dad or something i think that's what we're trying to yeah like put a blanket around her and zip tie that shit or something. <laughs> i don't know yeah. like roll her in a rug come on um what is it? But she did a good job. The writing and everything, they did a good job like making me really hate Kate in this episode, especially the way like they made the character flow and kind of do whatever she mm-hmm. wanted. Like there was a bunch of times where like, she could have been stopped, and I think it made me hate her even yeah. more. I'm like, fuck you. Like, um, so that so it's funny, like I get that moment. I, I swear, like, um, when she was gonna reach and touch um Jordan. Um Jordan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And like her arm explodes, I literally was like, <laughs> like I, I was watching by myself, and I was like, okay. fuck you. On that note, like, fuck you. Kate. Okay, when so Sam walks in on the director yeah. guy, and he doesn't yeah. kill him, I was like, no, no, kill that guy. It's like kill him. <laughs> well, you know what? It's hilarious. Because I, I thought he was gonna die, and I'm like, oh, he's not gonna be in the boys anymore. Like I kept thinking, like he's kind of a funny guy that just pops up every now and then. I'm like, oh, is he That's just the true, end? But he's like, like is the end of him? And then he gets saved, and I'm like, what a fucking little he's weasel. Almost, rat, I dude. mean, Ashley is too, but she's kind of like, um, yeah, you know, the the boys Joffrey for me at this point. I'm like, that little shit deserves <laughs> yeah. to die. <laughs> I know he was so close. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you on that too. I was like, oh, man. yeah. And then like, he, he got away. I'm like, yeah, of course you got away, you yeah, little exactly. shit. Um. um I was surprised. But, the yeah, because I mean, the way they were zooming in on the hand, and they did such a good job of teeing it up all season of like Kate taking <coughs> off her gloves, like you know, mm-hmm. with um, Tech Knight, like you're not gonna take off that glove. Don't touch. It. Like I'll chop off your hand if you do that. Ooh, I didn't even realize yeah. that, and then her hand gets exploded. But like there were so many things where oh, they true. were pointing out, like if she touches you, it, game over. You can't do anything about it. And then that point where you see yeah. it slowly going towards Jordan, I was like, no. But, you know, I did not expect her to blow up that hand, but I guess we should have because we saw it with um, the chick from the last episode who plays a senator or like is sure. vice president. And it's like a, if there's ever going to be a instinctual reaction moment, that was that, right? Yeah. Like her now love interest is about to get, like messed up by Kate and just inches like explode the hand. Like that's probably just yeah. probably right. I thought she was going to start giving people heart attacks. Oh, I didn't think she gave that one girl a heart attack. Remember, I was like, Oh yeah, I could be your thing. Yeah. Now. She like, looks surprised. The by silent that one, killer. Though. She was like, she kind of like, Oh crap. Didn't know I could do that. So, but oh, but true, yeah, yeah, I mean, but there was a lot of things <clears> I felt like she unlocked about her powers in this episode too, where she was like, Oh, remember I like did this thing with, to my parents. Like I'm going to turn all the blood into like knives. And then she like kills that one. Yeah. Kid. You know, like she. Oh, and then she could even, um, she saw the invisible yep. dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. Through his heart. By sensing like his blood or yeah, that was, yeah, that was too. good. She whacked him hella hard. She, yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that was cool. So she, yeah, she explodes her hand and I was like pump. <laughs> and then you see, um, Homelander coming in and then like, it's funny. I'm like, I already know he's bad news no matter what, but then like, <laughs> is he like gonna do it? his take on the situation i'm like i know I, yeah like, it's just like every oh you're gonna hurt your kind fuck <laughs> i do dude like, i'm so angry he, yeah man anthony star is amazing because he plays like the most despicable so irritating i mean he truthfully is joffrey right or i guess maybe maybe he's yeah. cersei in the whole situation like he actually has power he can manipulate people but he's such a 
dirtbag, like evil piece of shit. And at the same time, he's like one of the best parts of the show. And, and yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm like, man, is he? He's actually gonna be like, you know, on the good kid side this time. Nope, he's a piece of shit. Because there was a point too, and I love this. This is where because I just didn't know which way it was gonna go, and I was like, maybe he's mm-hmm. gonna be on their side, and then they're gonna like be on Homelander's side, and now they're gonna have the boys are gonna have to fight these characters that we love because Homelander's backing them, and then because of that, they back Homelander. And now the boys have to take down Marie or whatever. But it was like, no, yeah. he's like, you know, you, yeah, you're going to hurt your own kind of, kind of animal are you? And I was like, what? Yeah, it's like, what? What about the lady telling people to eat their own hands? Like, what's going yeah, on? Here? I know. That was so despicable too. The, the, the more detailed she's starting to get with like the mind control things, like it really is tapping into like, there's a difference between you getting, um, taken advantage of and whatnot. And then you like, you don't have to go about that. Like that's right. evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was just becoming sadistic. And I don't know if it was cause all those voices yeah. were in her head at some point, but yeah, it was, it was getting intense in there and God, they were just going back and forth. Andre with his dad and his dad saying, you know, you got to take over now. I'm out. You're in all that. All that was emotional. And that part where, and then there's that, for it. yeah. Like Andre, do we know if he's gonna, if he's on the same path of his dad, if he keeps using his powers, right. that's probably on the back of his, in the they back of his mind. hinted like, at that, it seemed now. like, right? Like he was right. really struggling to bring yeah. the helicopter down and that part was super cool. And yeah, but then there's a part where he like starts seeming like he's kind of like twitching <laughs> and like blacking out a little bit or getting like really lightheaded. Yeah. And it seems like he, he's in for the same thing if he goes down this road. So, yeah. I mean, what did you think about the Emma part? Where she comes in to talk to Sam and then she doesn't have to like purge herself. But at the same time, you know, he leaves. He kind of flips on her and I'm like, man, what a dick. He really – I get why he's (laughs) doing what he's doing like in in the grand scheme of things because he was tortured down there. But at the same time, it's – I was like, you motherfucker. Like she was the only one that had your back and now you're just turning on on her. What I was wondering is like when she turned small after all that, I was like, oh, I wonder if her – her size is actually tied to like her emotions and not her eating. Like when, when she purges, it's like, she, it seems like she's like, she hates doing it. She's like, hates everything about mm. herself, whatever. It's like, she's at her low. And then so, like when she hates herself um, or when she's at her lowest, she gets small. And then yeah. maybe, and then like, I don't know, something about eating and endorphins. I don't know. Maybe something yeah. like that. So maybe when she starts, maybe it has something to do with like how she, yeah, maybe her emotions or something. I don't know. I thought that was yeah, interesting. Because they don't explain um, it. Because she definitely felt her. really hurt right then. And then she was just like small all of a mm-hmm. sudden, right? Which was cool. And, it, and now it's like, oh, cool. Now she can control her powers a little different. She doesn't have to eat and vomit all the time. Um, but maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know either. Hmm. But yeah, that, was interesting. That, that flip around, like, I get it. I get it. I, I understand where Sam's coming from in a lot of ways. But I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, but also, yeah, Sam, I'm like, fuck yeah. you, dude. Oh, man. He's like, you're selfie. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're just... Like, <laughs> of course he's like the Hulk, and you don't want to say the wrong thing, he might punch your head off, but you're like, <laughs> you're fucking a child, like a dumb child. Like, super, yeah. yeah. Teens. Just following whatever. Mm. So he walked into one meeting and was like, sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, like an yeah, idiot. Yeah. Super <laughs> like, lives matter. You're like, that was it? I guess it only takes one <laughs> like, time. really, dude? Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. 
Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I love him pairing up with Kate. It, like, she really is one of the only people that can kind of give him the medicine he needs, which is like, forget about all the, like, the bad shit in your past. You know? That was another thing, too, when she's like, feel nothing. I was like, you want to get a little more specific? Like, um, <laughs> right, right. I don't know. Like, is that physically? I half expected him to just like rip her head off after that or something. He's like, that was fun. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like who, feel nothing. He might have, like, he might have no alliance with anyone now. Like, what the right. hell? Like, I thought, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's bananas though, because she can definitely, it's like, she can stim the Hulk into whatever sort of frenzy she wants. It's kind of like rage, and he's just like, you point. know? Yeah. And then Sun's getting real low, big guy, you know? Damn, it's like, analogy. she can do all the things. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. I'm blown away. They, after all of this, Homelander does come in, come down. He <clears> blasts <throat> Marie in the chest. Apparently, he takes out all of the heroes that we've been following, which is Marie, Jordan, Emma, and Andre. And they wake up in this basically <clears throat> underground prison cell slash hospital room with like no doors and windows. Yeah, but they had a TV. Did they see that on the um, TV? It's a good question. Or was that us? We saw it and then we saw them. Yeah, I, I can't th- remember. I think that's what it was because we see because we see how Homelander has spun the news into thinking that they were really the crazy kids that were attacking the school rather than Kate yeah. and Sam and then letting all the other kids from the woods out. It's just showing how like Homelander is in charge of basically everything it bought now. Or Ashley, yeah. I mean, I guess Ashley's in charge, but she doesn't want to get on Homelander's bad side. So she can, they could spin. Yeah, really Homelander can tantrum himself into anything yeah. he wants. But like you were saying, the mid um, credit scene, you see uh, Butcher roll in to the woods. Mm-hmm. And I forget his line, but it was nice to see Butcher again. And it made me think like, oh, is he going to like, is he is he aware of the the sickness uh, yeah. that he can maybe get or you know like it's, it seemed it's kind of exciting it, yeah it was and and I think if you look back at the scene um there's kind of like that older white lady that um she calls after she meets with Dean Shetty and she's like on the phone with someone mm-hmm. I think she does uh, yeah i think she calls oh, maybe him them. or somebody in the boys right um but man <clears throat> I, I can't wait to see these characters pop up again like as soon as it ended i was like fuck we gotta wait two years for another season this is gonna be bullshit is that when the when's the boys coming well, out the boys may i think comes out next year so maybe it's not true maybe we do see them sooner but yeah because if this directly relates to it like it got me excited to like uh, I guess kind of like when the original Marvel movies ended and you're like, oh, man, can't wait yeah. for four because they're going to address this. <laughs> yeah. Like that sort of thing, this continuum of like this story. It's cool. It's it's really connecting really well. And I'm excited for the boys and then I'm excited for Gen mm. B. And it's really cool. Surprisingly works yeah, so well. Did. They crushed it yeah. again. This <clears throat> this has jumped way up on my board. It's gone from. Yeah, like, oh, this is a pretty good spinoff. Oh, it's a good show, too. God damn, this is fantastic writing for me. It's acted well. The special effects are cool. It all just builds to this crazy thing, like you were saying. Yeah, it's it's like the Bear Succession and Gen V, I think, is like my top three shows of the year. I I don't see how watching anything could top this for, for me. Wow. Yeah. Strong, bold statements by the team, man. Yeah. Yep. That's what I do. Wait till the new season of Santa Claus comes out. <laughs> Ooh, no, oh, anything, Tim I have Allen. No idea if that's even happening. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that might change everything, bro. 
It's uh, good. Top of the list. <laughs> right up. I forget that it's the end of the year, basically. So, I know. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. almost excellent. It's a pretty strong top three yeah. right there. Yeah. So, yeah, good. All right. Well, yeah. Any other final thoughts, closing words for this one? Um, if you have friends, uh, definitely make sure you check on them consistently. You don't want them to Matthew Perry. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Can't tell if that was nice or like <laughs> messed up. Well, to piggyback that, definitely check on your friends. Um, check in with loved ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then tell them about the show, you know, tell them to check it out. Please like, if you like subscribe. it, they'll probably like yeah. it. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. Talk to us. We want to talk to you. Yeah, you know? dude. Um, yeah. Well said. Let Thanks us know what you guys in. thought about any of the shows we talked about tonight. <laughs> um, really are curious. And yeah, hit us up on socials. All the above. Um, all right, you guys can say it. Say it in unison if you want. I don't care. Thanks for sticking it with us. Thanks for sticking with us. like the worst echo ever. <laughs>